Well, good morning. We hope and trust that each and every one of you had a wonderful Christmas this past week. We were able to celebrate with our family and we gathered together and we just had a wonderful time together. And, you know, it still amazes me that all the time and energy of the preparation of setting up our Christmas trees, our decorating and, you know, hanging up all the Christmas lights and the countless hours of standing in lines as you try to find and purchase that perfect present, that it's all over in a matter of seconds when you hand that present to your your child and, and they just grab and they rip open the paper and, you know, they don't even think about all the time and energy and the thought it took to buy that present and wrap it, you know, it's just over in a matter of a second. The day after Christmas, we were having breakfast together and And I looked over and I saw our Christmas tree and I turned to Jeanette and I I mentioned to her, I said, you know, this year we we should take down our tree a little bit earlier than last year. Last year it took us until February to take it down. It, It was just one of those things, you know, life got a little chaotic for us and we just found ourselves doing one thing after another and next thing you know, we were celebrating Valentine's Day with a Christmas tree still. But as I was looking at our Christmas tree, I I had the thought that in many homes like ours, our Christmas trees and set up and decorated and and they're sitting out and these trees have all these beautiful ornaments and lights on them. And maybe some ornaments on the trees are, are from when, you know, you were a child and you made those ornaments. Or maybe some of your ornaments on these trees are from your children who made them for you and now you hang them on your Christmas tree. So you can look at ornaments on your tree and and point to certain ones and, and remember when and where you got those. You know, maybe you have an ornament from a trip that you went on. You went on a beautiful vacation and you wanted to remember that trip and so you bought an ornament. Or maybe you have an ornament on your tree to remember your first anniversary together. So we have ornaments and for all these different occasions. And your tree over the course of years have, has now been decorated with beautiful ornaments and wonderful memories. But there's one ornament or one decoration on the tree that kind of stands out from the rest of them. It sits right on the top of the tree, of course, and it's the tree topper. And I was looking at ours, and, and I started thinking about, you know, tree toppers and, and everything. And so I started looking online, and I Googled different tree toppers that, that people have on their trees. And the variety out there really made me laugh. There were some wintry decorations like the abominable snowman. They had gingerbread men tree toppers. There was one with an elf's leg sticking straight up off the top of the tree right in the air. And then there was another one with Santa and his reindeer that were flying around the top of the tree. But then there were some odd tree toppers that I had no idea what it had to do with Christmas. There was Tinkerbell. There was an octopus. I have no idea. I even saw football figures that were on top of trees. But I think the one that I liked the most was Darth Vader. No idea what those tree toppers have to do with Christmas. 
But you know, as I was looking at all those decorations, those tree toppers, they couldn't compare to the two most popular choices for tree toppers. And can you guess what those two are? Yep, star and angels. Have you ever stopped and thought why these would be the two choices for the most popular on Christmas trees? I think it's because you can find both of them in the biblical stories of Christmas. The, the angels announced the birth of Christ, and the star led the wise men to find him. See, the star has been one of the main decorations of Christmas trees since the beginning. It's believed that the first person to bring a Christmas tree into the house in, in the way that you and I know it is said to be Martin Luther. A story is told that one night before Christmas, he was walking through the forest and looked up to see the stars shining through the tree branches. It was so beautiful that he went home and he told his children that it reminded him of Jesus who left the stars of heaven to come to earth. And to recapture the scene for his family, he placed a tree in the main room of his house and put candles on the branches to give the impressions of stars in the sky. And ever since that day, the star has been one of the most favorite decorations for Christmas trees. See, we can really only find the story of Christmas of the wise men traveling and following after the star in the, the book of Matthew. And will you stand with me this morning in honor of reading the word of God? It's found in Matthew chapter two, starting in verse one. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And then in verse nine, it says, after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Just as we have sung this morning about your love for us, God, we've celebrated Christmas, and God, we celebrate your love coming to earth as a baby. And God, I pray that this morning that you would speak to our hearts. God, that you would just reveal yourself to us, just as you revealed yourself to these wise men by, by shining a star that they followed. God, may you reveal yourself to us today in your word. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. These wise men have been observing and studying the stars and, in the sky, and they noticed that this star in particular was different from every other one. And they begin to set out on a journey following the star in search of a newborn king. And like the wise men on this journey to find this newborn king, our journey in life is one that requires faith. And in our journey, I want you to know that God is wanting to guide you. God is wanting to guide you. Just as God guided these wise men across hundreds of miles to find this newborn baby, 
God is the one that's wanting to lead and direct you in every aspect of your life. See, what would prompt someone to, to leave their home, to leave the comforts of their home, to go on a dangerous journey? Could it be romance? Maybe. How about wealth? Yeah. What about faith? Of course. The wise men asked this probing question when they reached Jerusalem. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? They knew he was born. They knew it. There was no question about that. The question now is, where is he? They had seen the star. The the evidence is real. Now where is he? They had faith that he was alive, that he existed. Now all they had to do was to find him. They were willing to risk everything that they had in order to find him. They were willing to leave the safety and comforts of their home to, to travel on this perilous journey to seek a king. Can you imagine their neighbor's reaction? They see him loading up, right? And, and they begin to wonder what's going on. And so they walk over to talk to him and they begin to ask questions. And I, I imagine their conversation goes something like this. You going somewhere? Yeah. Where are you going? Not sure. What do you mean you're not sure? How, how far away is it? No idea. What do you mean no idea? How long are you going to be gone? Not quite sure about that either, right? I mean, when we see our neighbors packing up, you know, we'll walk over, we'll chat with them, we'll, we'll ask them, you know, what's going on, where they're going, and how long they're going to be gone, and we'll let them know that we'll watch over their house for them, keep an eye out, you know, and make sure everything's okay. And, and if our neighbors responded the way they did, we'd find that odd, wouldn't we? See, God's journey always involves faith. It requires faith. There was these wise men who saw something different in the sky and decided this was a message from God. And God used this star to speak to these wise men in their minds and their heart. They knew this was God and they've come to the conclusion that, that this was a sign indicating something special. This was the sign that they were looking for, that something extraordinary had happened, that the king of the Jews was born. See, it's possible that these wise men or magi were from from Persia, hundreds of miles away, and, and if so, they were probably familiar with the Old Testament's prophecies about the coming Messiah. But what is certain is that God revealed to them that the Messiah was born. God revealed to them that the newborn king of the Jews was born. And they were determined to follow that star. And God guided them. The Atlantic salmon will leave the place of its spawning and swim 900 miles out into the ocean. But by some process, they make their way back to the exact tributary that it had left. And while scientists have come up with several theories about how and why they are able to do this, I I think the easiest explanation is this. God guides them back to where they need to go. 
See, we have GPS technology in our vehicles, on our cell phones, that all you have to do is just punch in a direction, an address, and it will tell you step by step, turn by turn, how to get there. These wise men didn't have GPS technology, but in a sense they did. They had a star that God guided them. See, guidance is important. We make countless decisions each day of our life. Each day of our life, we choose. And the decisions that we make reveal a lot about us. And God offers the guidance if we are willing to listen. If we are open to him and hear his voice, God will lead and guide us. See, God used this star to get the attention of these wise men and guided them on their journey to find the newborn king so that they could come and worship him. Unfortunately for you and I in our life, we don't have a star that guides us in every aspect of our life. But what we do have is the Bible. And if we pick it up and we begin to read it, it will offer us guidance. Proverbs 3 says this, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. I want you to underline everything you do, everything that you do. The key for us is to put our complete trust and confidence in God. And when we do, he'll lead and guide us in everything that we do. See, it's our desire to be a passionate follower of Christ then we have to make decisions that are not just short-sighted or, or short-term that will eventually end in disaster, but we make decisions based on listening to God's voice in everything that we do. For if we do, he'll guide us and keep us on track. See, these wise men were observing a star, and when the star appears, they notice everything's different. They notice it's not the same as the other ones that they've been looking at for years. They're observing, they're looking, they're watching for a sign from God. And when they see it, they know that they've been prepared for a search for the newborn king. And that's what God is doing. God is preparing you and I for our journey. These wise men had to have thought through their journey of what was going to happen. They had to have sat down and talked and, and figured out, you know what, how long are we gonna be gone? Not sure, but let's plan for quite a time. Who's gonna watch over our families? Who's gonna watch over the day-to-day -day aspects of, of our life back home? They probably thought about how much food to bring, how, how they're gonna eat, how they're gonna feed and water their they're animals. They probably sat down and talked about the possibility of bandits and raiders and how are they going to stay protected from them? See, anytime we have a choice to make, there's a possibility of an obstacle that may present itself. See, someone may have gotten up this morning and as you went to start your car, the cold weather may have wreaked havoc and you found that it just wouldn't start. You have a choice to make, right? Do you try to jump it? Do you get your hands dirty? Or do you just go back inside and say, oh well. 
See, these wise men probably had considered the obstacles that they had to face if they followed after this star. For one thing, the distance to Jerusalem's great, right? They're either walking or riding on animals. It's not like hopping in a car or taking a plane. These wise men had to have faith that God was leading them, that God had prepared them on this journey. And they responded to the challenges. They responded. They trusted that God had prepared them. And like these wise men, you and I have to trust that God is preparing us for our journey. And that when God calls out to us, that we are willing to respond with an emphatic yes. Yes, I'm willing. It may be inconvenient, but yes, I'm willing. A number of years ago, there was an advertisement in a national paper. It said this, men wanted for hazardous journey. All right, got my attention. Small wages, not so much now. Bitter cold, you lost my interest. Long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful. Something I do not want to sign up for now, right? But would you believe that there was thousands of men who responded to this advertisement all because of the name that was accompanied to this ad? It was the famous Arctic explorer, Sir Ernest Shackleton. They knew who this person was and they wanted to be a part of something. See, God called these wise men to an incredible journey, similar to the one in this newspaper ad where these wise men discovered the Messiah. These wise men said with an emphatic, yes, we'll go. And God is preparing you and I for our journey in life. And the question is, is how are you going to respond? Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, no one can please God. We must believe that God is real and that he rewards everyone who searches for him. These wise men searched day after day, night after night, following a star, traveling a great distance that ultimately led them to the newborn king, the Messiah, the Savior. They were determined to find this baby. See, these wise men were educated. They knew the stars well. They'd been studying them for years. And when this phenomenon occurred, they, they immediately knew that it was God speaking. They've watched over the course of the years. They've been examining the stars, looking in the sky, preparing for this moment. And when the moment arrived, they were ready for it. And what I want you to understand is God is preparing you and I for a moment. He's preparing us. And as we close this year and begin to prepare for a new year, understand this, that God wants to do something incredible in your life. You may not see it right now. These wise men, I, I have to assume, had been waiting years for this moment, examining, watching, observing, being prepared for this one moment. You may not see it right now, but as, if, as you are faithful each day, when you go to work and you work each day and you learn new skills and you give your very best 
You're being productive. When you come home and, and you commit to your spouse and your family and you show them love and compassion, as you wake up each day and you commit your life to Christ and you're a passionate follower of Christ, you read your Bible, you pray, you, you listen, you live passionately for him. You can trust that God is shaping you and using these experiences and he's preparing you for something great tomorrow. See, God used a star to get the attention of these wise men and they began to seek after God and you can be assured that God will speak to you in a way that you can understand. See, when we look at the account of the wise men, we see them following this star, leading them to Jerusalem. They encounter King Herod. As we read in the Bible, we understand King Herod's not one of the nicest individuals. They encounter the, the priests and the teachers of the law. And when we look at the account, from our understanding, these wise men, they don't encounter anyone who's reliable. Herod wants to kill this baby. The religious leaders, the priests, they don't believe these wise men. They don't journey with them. They don't travel with them. They don't search for the Messiah like them. But what's amazing is when these wise men discover and find Jesus, they worship God. God speaks to them again, but this time in a different way. The first time God speaks to them is by capturing their attention with a star. The second time God speaks to him is through a dream. Matthew 2, 12 says, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. God spoke to these wise men in the past, re revealing to them a star, signifying that the newborn king of the Jews was born. But then he spoke to them again through a dream and led the wise men out a different way. See, God will speak to you in a, a way that you can understand, in a way that he will, will share. And the way he spoke to you in the past may not be the way he speaks to you in the future. So you don't have to know everything about God for him to speak to you. He will craft a message that you can grasp and that you can understand. He speaks your language. See, he spoke to Adam in the Garden of Eden. God revealed to himself, himself to Moses through a burning bush. God even used a donkey to speak to Balaam. God spoke to Paul through a voice on the way to Damascus. See, God chose to speak to these individuals in the past all different ways. So what are some ways that God might speak to you and I ways that we can understand. Well, one is through music. You know, we can sense God's presence as we worship him. The way we're worshiping him this morning, I've countless times just felt God's presence as, as I've worshiped him and let, allowed him speak to my heart. See, maybe there's times where you're going through difficult times in life and you just begin to worship him through music. You, you put on worship music or, or you just sing the psalms. 
and the words just begin to bring you encouragement, joy. They bring the peace and passion that, that opens up your heart and lifts your spirit. God might speak to you through circumstances. God will use circumstances like a, a loss of a job or even a new job. God will use circumstances like a, a birth of a new child. But not every circumstance we experience is something that God is trying to speak to us about. We need to seek God and, and have him confirm what he's saying to us. There was a person who just knew that God was trying to tell them something, that it was okay to buy a brand new pickup truck. They've been praying about it. And the circumstances were just right. They had the model and the color that he wanted. Well, the one problem was they just didn't have the finances for it. They couldn't afford it on their income. They ignored other red flags and bought it as well. See, God can use our circumstances to get our attention, but we need to make sure that we're asking God. And when circumstances change, we should ask God, are you trying to speak to me about something? What are you trying to teach me through these circumstances? God might speak to you through others. God may use a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, or even a pastor to, to give you a warning or a word of encouragement. See, it's no matter what they say though, you should always turn to God seek God and allow him to confirm what they're saying. See, God will speak to you through the Bible. And that is our source. That is our foundation. That is what we base everything off of to confirm everything. God's word will sometimes give us a warning. God's word will give us an encouragement. God's word will give us a, a lesson in life. And as you read the Bible... God will draw your attention to a particular passage. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, everything in the scriptures is God's word. All of it is useful for teaching and helping people, for correcting them and showing them how to live. God uses the Bible to, to whisper to us, but he also uses it to sometimes shout with large boxcar letter size words, right? All through the Bible, giving us instructions and principles for living. And as you read the Bible, God will begin to speak to you. He'll reveal exactly who he is to you. He'll reveal everything that you need to know about God. And you may find yourself going through a struggle in life and all of a sudden, a scripture passage will just come to your memory. A scripture passage that you've read over and over again. And it'll reassure you that God is with you, that God is there, and that God is leading you. See, these wise men didn't know everything about God. But they placed their trust in God. They place their trust in God. See, the great thing about God is he knows everything about us. He knows how to get our attention. He knows what words to use to speak to us. 
See, God spoke to the wise men through a star because they were looking for it. But then he spoke to them through a dream. And they listened and they were obedient. And God will craft a message for you in a way that you understand, in a way that you know if you're in the word, if you're seeking him, and you're listening for him. And it's our choice to be like these wise men that when they heard God's word, they followed after it. Our choice to listen and obey and pursue him and follow after it as well. For being obedient, these wise men were able to see the Messiah, the Savior, the newborn King of the Jews, and there they worshiped him. God rewards those who are obedient. And so I want to challenge you as we end 2017 and begin 2018 tomorrow to seek God. And when he speaks, don't just listen, but follow after him. Let's look at your growth work this morning. I said this, write, write out your goals for this year. Have a plan. As we end 2017, you know, what are the things that, that you wish that you could have accomplished? What are some things that you hope to accomplish this upcoming year? Write them out. You know, maybe it's things in your family, maybe it's things personally, maybe it's spiritually. But what are some things that you want to see God do in you and through you this year? And then try something new. Experience something. You know, we right now are having our son try fruits and vegetables. He's not a fruit and vegetable guy kind of kid. He's meat and potatoes and bread. That's it. And so these last 21 days, we've had him try different fruits and vegetables every day. And some he hasn't enjoyed and some he has kind of liked. He hasn't enjoyed them. But try something new. You'll never know if you like something unless you try it. And then finally, respond to God's leadings. That's what being a passionate follower of Christ is, is following and responding. God spoke to the wise men and they responded. And God will speak to you and I as well. How are you gonna respond? Let's pray this morning. God, as we begin this new year, God, it is a time of great joy. God, it's a time of great celebration. God, around the world where people celebrate the, the old ending and a new dawn beginning. And God, as we celebrate, we celebrate you. God, the things that you have done in our life. And God, we look forward to the things that you're going to do. And so, God, I pray that you would guide us in every step of our life. And God, may you help us to be prepared in our journey. God, may we be faithful in what we're doing today. God, may it be at work, in our home, 
and our relationship with you. And God, as we are faithful with what we're doing now, God, may we see how you are preparing us for something greater in the future. And God, I ask, may we be found faithful. God, as you speak to us, may we respond like these wise men with an emphatic yes. And may we follow after you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.